Recording live from the LaSalle Street Securities Headquarters in Chicago. Welcome in to another episode of LaSalle Street Live. Hey everybody, how's it going? Zach Sandeman here, host of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. Just checking in here at the beginning to give you a quick summary of what you're about to listen to. This is about to be part two of a two-part conversation held between myself, our chief business development officer here at the firm, Mark Conti, and a financial advisor consultant over at Pareto Systems named Steve Phillips. Steve's a great guy, very charismatic, great speaker, uh, and he is tackling an interesting topic within the industry right now. In part one, he talked to us a lot about how he helps financial advisors turn their existing clients into advocates and the growth opportunities that can result for advisors who focus in on doing that. Here in part two, though, uh, we talk to Steve about his thoughts regarding the future of financial advice. A lot of different opinions out there on this topic. Um, People are all over the board here when you talk about where this industry might be within the next five to ten years. Uh, So it's always interesting to uh, get anybody's perspective on it who's got any sort of experience in the industry. So here you'll get to hear Mark and Steve kind of go back and forth, and I'll chime in uh, once in a while as well. So it's a great discussion, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. So what do you see? So let's let's just shift gears a little bit here because uh, and and that might throw you a little bit of a curveball. But um, you know, so in the last year or so, well, a couple of years, we've we've been uh, noodling on a lot of ideas and starting to implement ideas around you know servicing what's going to be the next generation of this industry, right? Which I think we'd all agree that uh, may look radically different than the industry we're in. Now and you know, with the average advisor is what fifty seven, fifty eight years old, right? The whole wealth transfer thing and new clients and uh, younger clients and younger advisors coming up are looking at the world a little differently. I, I don't know um, from your level what what your uh, how much work you do every day with what I'll call the next gen or the future of this industry. Um, but there's a lot of interesting di- dynamics. Just a high level, I'm I'm really curious on maybe some uh, thoughts about what you're seeing on where we might all be living, you know, five to 10 years from now? You know, I think there are guys out there like my dad that are 80 years old, still in the business, but they're few and far between. It's, it's me. I'm squarely in the demographic that you, that you mentioned. I'm 58. So when putting effective succession plans in place, we, it's, it's our generational thing, I think. I, we find advisors that, for lack of a better term, are a little bit panicked about what happens in the next 10 years. How do I attract my successor? How do I hand this over to my kids even? I'm working with a few advisors that are doing that. Gosh, when you and I got in the business, Mark, years and years and years ago, nobody was Googling me. Nobody was comparing me online. You either liked me or you didn't. And if you had to, you know what I mean? So what's going to differentiate that young advisor coming up? It all comes back to, again, just the human connection. And I think when you talk about young people, people my age, you know, millennials, you hear a lot about, okay, millennials, they like to live this experiential lifestyle. You know, you hear that a lot. 
Uh, and then you also hear millennials, you know, they're poor communicators, right? They're, they're digital communicators. The, the ability to form true raw relationships in person is, um, is less pertinent uh, to that generation than your guys' generation. But what that leads me to think of is, okay, well, how rare then to a, a young advisor, a young client, how rare is a strong personal connection? And how effective can it be if as an advisor or as a firm, you can forge that connection with that young person? Because think about how they like these experiences and they like meeting new people, but because of the society they've grown up in, maybe they're not seeing it a whole lot, right? So, so when you when you're able to form that relationship with that young person, it's more impactful almost, at least for me, because, you know, it's like everybody else, I just Googled, you know, as you said, and, and I, I know the facts and I can sit here and I can, you know, I can create a spreadsheet about which financial advisor might be best for me as a young client. But at the end of the day, I like the guy who, you know, tells me stories about his family. Um, I like the person who, you know, I can kind of, talk about fantasy football with, you know, I mean, I, I like people who I can form relationships with. And the reason for that is because there aren't a lot of them. Well, it's the truth. And what a great observation that is. And here's the other thing too, what better way to connect to the younger generation coming up? So first of all, yes, I think that young advisors matter connecting to that younger generation. But then the question that would come up is what experience do you have? Oh, well, here I am. So this is the magic of a senior experienced advisor and a junior coming up that are connected by the process. And I, and listen, I'm using, overusing the word process on purpose because we've actually had clients that have gone back to uh, a current advisor after they've inter been introduced to an advisor we work with. And they'll come back and say things like, yeah, my advisor's really good, but it was pretty clear he's, I actually heard these words right from the mouth of a client one time, he just appears to be cobbling things together. He doesn't have a process. The value of process is dramatic and it takes on a lot of forms. My dad doesn't have any chance at connecting with the, uh, my demographic, much less my kids. But if he had a junior that he could share that experience with and he turned that part of the communication over, and we're all connected to the process backwards and forwards. Well, now you're onto something here because I combine, yeah, the millennials want to be communicated to this way, but the experience that we have as a firm after 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever it might be, ensures that at, you know, from your 30s to your 50s, 60s, or 70s, that's all in hand. I mean, it's, it's something that it's a great question that uh, Mark, you originally asked, and it is a gigantic topic today. And uh, everybody, whether clients, talking about their own family succession or advisors. Well, not to mention, you know, yeah, great, you know, huge dynamic and just also a great opportunity. You know, I, I think we were, you know, all sitting here four or five years ago saying, okay, millennials, next gen, we're all rolling our eyes. And now, you know, here fast forward three, four years later, we're all trying to figure out ways, the best ways to engage this group and what they're going to be interested in. So it's exciting or even helping our advisor. We, we have some of that today where I'm helping some of our offices bring in a junior uh, with the ex expectation that five, four, five, six years from now, that 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 junior or that millennial is going to assume that practice. So you know, you you start to live this stuff in real time and and see it work and some things that don't work and and you you learn from those things. So it's it's a it's also a great opportunity as well as it's a 
you know, as well as the challenges that come with it. So that I'm, I, I get, um, you know, the more we talk about stuff like that, the more uh, excited I get. But I'm always curious on, you know, where is this industry really going? I think three or four years ago, we all thought, well, the robos are going to take over. Well, not really. They'll play a role. But, you know, the, the, the advisor itself, due to some of the things that Zach said, it's not like we're all going to replace the you know, the, the, uh, the physical relationship or the, um, the, the relationship you actually have with your advisor. You know, what I think is interesting too, is, uh, I, I get the robo thing. I get the AI component of it. Uh, I get that millennials are into that. What's really going to be interesting. And I've started to have this conversation with my daughters. One is 31, one is 28 and neither of them really have any money to, you know, uh, significant yet. And so, uh, the whole conversation around robo is interesting, but I asked them, you know, wonder how you're going to feel when your 401k is worth half a million dollars, you know, entrusted to a machine only, or do you want to look somebody in the eye that can communicate with you? Zach and I have had that conversation here about his, you know, about, you, you know, you're, you're 23, you're coming up in this industry, but how are you going to feel 10 years from now when you have assets that, you know, now, now you have some, uh, you know, resources behind you that you're going to look at your money a little differently mm-hmm. than you do, you know, to, we, we've talked about that here in, in, in internally. So it's, it's yeah. funny you say that because yeah. that, that's reality at the end of the day. And I can't speak for everybody, you know, but what I've said to you is I'm going to want a personal connection with the person who's taking care of it. Because at the end of the day, then I know that, you know, if something goes completely wrong, you know, there's, they're going to scramble and do everything they can to help me out because they care about me. Whereas that, that robo, that, that software is just going to let happen what happens, you yeah. know, and I, I couldn't live with that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny too, because I, I really try to be progressive around my daughters and their friends and all that. And I don't want to say things like, oh, this will never change or all of that. But, um, you know, the whole algorithm thing or uh, that, uh, you know, something happens with my money and I can't go look somebody in the eye about that. I just think that there are certain parts of, again, back to our initial point, I think there are certain parts of human relationship and human connection that just are not going to be done deeply by a machine or by technology. It's going to take that connection. Somebody has to answer to me, man. Where's my money? How's it doing? What's going on? You know, and I don't want to go tap it on a keyboard to find out uh, I'm in crisis, uh, whatever's happening, or I need this, or I need that. And I'm waiting for the machine to respond to me. I have to have an advisor that has a personal. And here's the other thing too, frankly, about the machines is they treat everybody the same way. And that's a fundamental. You say that to your clients, hey, Mark, thanks for coming in. Uh, Zach just left and here's how we, uh, what we're doing for his family. And don't worry about any conversation here. This is, we're going to do what, exactly what we're doing for Zach and his family is what we're going to do for your family. And then we've got a guy that, at two o'clock that's coming in and we'll do the same thing for him. How compelling is that really at the end of the day? Yeah. Although there are some processes, and, and I believe you know a digital uh, advisor platform, there, there's a role for it as a segmentation strategy within a within a business. But um, you know, to suggest it replaces everything and everybody and is everything to all people is a uh, is not the camp you know we're in. I'm sure the ro- I'm sure the robos would think differently, but uh, I don't think realistically any of us on this call are are in that in that camp. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of dynamics for sure. Yeah. So uh, we're coming down towards the end of our session here, Steve. Um, you know, I, I want to give you um, the opportunity here just to, to summarize everything. You know, 
as we've said multiple times here, we really appreciated your talk because it was different than the rest of the talks that were given at the summit, which were all about technology and robo and all of these different things to enhance your practice, um, you know, from like an arms race perspective. But none of it was really talked about. Uh, nothing was really talked about, I mean, in terms of human connection. And yours was so different because of that. And so I just wanted to ask you why. Why did you choose to discuss the topics that you did? If you could kind of try to, I guess we've talked about that throughout the importance of it, but if you could just summarize why you chose what you did. That's a great question. And I'd summarize it pretty simply this way. Um, after all of these years in the business, um, I take very seriously what I said to your group and that um, I don't care if the listeners are spiritual people or not. I, my, I have a spiritual tenant to what I do when I'm in front of people and I want to make an impact. And as I paid attention to my clients over the years, what I found was that's exactly what, what we were doing. I can't take for granted that I only have 50 minutes on stage at LaSalle or I have 16 weeks with an advisor that we're coaching and consulting with. Those timeframes are all the same. And my why is to make a difference, not in the practices of the people that I work with, but the lives of the people that I work with. And that can be done if you pay attention uh, in 50 minutes. It can be done if you in, in 16 weeks. And what I know is that if I am affecting your practice, then I am affecting your life. But the goal is first to affect your life. And that's, that's the why. And I've been lucky that I had the experience for 25 plus years of doing it other ways and uh, paid a really close attention to what my clients were saying. And that's what uh, led me to where I am now. And uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a believer that there are coincidences. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by people that are much wiser than me throughout my career. I paid attention and uh, took the feedback. So affect people's lives is about the best thing I think you can do in your own life. Well, that's great, Steve. Um, thank you for wrapping that up. Thank you for the work that you put in at our first ever LaSalle Street Securities Growth and Innovation Summit last month. This has been a great recording here on the LaSalle Street Live podcast. We really appreciate you joining us and are looking forward to hopefully working together in uh, multiple different areas going forward. Um, I do want to give you the floor once more here, though, to kind of discuss. I know you have a book that you provided to the advisors, um, the advisor playbook that, that you're kind of uh, hoping that advisors read. And, and, and it contains a lot of the information that you talked about today and at the summit, but in much more detail. And I also kind of wanted you to kind of uh, distinguish uh, the advisor protocol from Pareto Systems and just kind of outline, you know, where you uh, where you stand within Pareto Systems and how the various companies that you work for can help advisors and then how people listening today can get in touch with you. So just take the floor and kind of, uh, you know, talk about yourself for a little bit here. That's great. No, thank you for that. Uh, I met Duncan McPherson in Pareto Systems eight and a half years ago at my last chief sales officer stop when I was frustrated that I wasn't helping my advisors do anything positive year over year. Uh, I had Duncan come speak to a group of 75 of my top producers. He spoke for 90 minutes um, and never said the word product or marketing or portfolio management or any of that. He talked about your ability to articulate your value so that clients perceive what you do better and describe it to others. He blew the room away. So over eight and a half years, I have been partnered and collaborating with Duncan 
and Pareto. And the book that you're referencing was written by Duncan, the advisor playbook. And it is a great roadmap of how to, to start to restructure your practice and put processes in place. As things went along with Pareto, um, and I am a certified coach at Pareto and a practice management consultant and those things, I do a lot of work uh, out on the road, as you guys know. Um, I actually went to Duncan and said, uh, this is some of the best intellectual property coaching I've ever seen. And I felt like it was missing something. And that was how do we make it actionable, tangible in front of clients. And so the marketing piece of it was born, the client facing pieces. And I, this was the second iteration. I had had started my own company uh, about six years ago. Uh, the original iteration of Advisor Protocol, which what you guys know now is about a five-year-old company. And we are hand-in-hand collaborators with Pareto Systems. While Advisor Protocol is its own company, the coaching that we do and the IP that we work with is the Pareto System. And what we do then is, is that process and logo and client-facing pieces and all of that really making it real in front of clients is the collaborative piece that we bring to Pareto. And so, um, and I sort of have, you guys remember my closing slide, I think I have sort of two identities. I am a Pareto systems person. You can find me at uh, Steve at, uh, or S Phillips at ParetoSystems.com or advisor protocol. You can just go to the website advisorprotocol.com and that talks more about the branding and the pieces, but it also the collaboration and overlap between Pareto and advisor is obvious there. And I would say this to you, that's been an amazing uh, collaboration. And, uh, you know, talking about people wiser than me, I feel uh, really lucky uh, to have had this relationship for eight and a half years and to be able to bring what you saw um, at the conference in large part is a combination of work that Duncan and I have done together. So uh, that's sort of the distinguishing factor. I hope I didn't muddy that up too much, but uh, think of Advisor Protocol as the branding and marketing arm of Pareto Systems, the coaching and business refinement arm. Well, I, I know, Steve, as we wrap this up, um, there, there's a couple things that, you know, attracted me. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys are successful in your business because it's pretty clear to me uh, you're relatable, right? Um, which is some part of our, I think, what attracted us to uh, to bring you in and, and even to have this conversation as well and hopefully do other things in the future is we feel that's one of our core competencies as well. We're relatable people on how we do business here and it's a common sense approach yeah, to agree. do business, right? And, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny, um, you know, I think I heard from Pareto, someone from Pareto, someone on your team probably two years ago the first time. Right, asking if we had uh, do conferences and do we have uh, opportunities here to work, to, you know, work together. And um, until about six months ago, I really didn't have that opportunity to kind of. But I, but that your Pareto was always toggle bolted in my in the back of my head because of how you approached me. It was never you know a hard sell. It was never uh, disappointed that I hadn't gotten back to you yet. Uh, it, it was always just a consistent, very professional a very professional, relatable kind of approach to trying to interact with me and our firm. And that stuck with me. And uh, that happens to us sometimes too, where, you know, for example, I may talk uh, talk to a, a potential recruit and, you know, two years later, he surf- resurfaces because he or she is now ready, right? 
And it's like, hey, I remember talking to you guys and you, you sounded like good people to do business with. And that stuck with me. And uh, kind of a similar approach. So I'm sure you guys do business that way. And I'm sure how that's your interaction with advisors that you work with. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But that, you know, kind of initially what uh, kind of brought us uh, back together. But it really started with, you know, someone reached out a couple of years ago. Yeah, Mark, that, that's incredible. Yeah, thanks for saying that because you know there's a couple of things there. We are I, that's the that's how Pareto um, is is run from the top down with Duncan. It's how Advisor Protocol is. And I'll tell you something else. I love what you said there. The whole idea of having some vision is that you're not you're not selling things. You're building something. And so when you recognize that, hey, let's have a conversation. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. If it works for you now, fantastic. If it doesn't. Remember who we are. And I think that that's something that's missing too. And I know we're about to wrap up, but for advisors, have some vision, have the ability to communicate on a human level and let that resonate with people. And, you know, that's the law of resonance. The true value of a conversation is never known until we've both left the conversation and have a moment to reflect back on it. Well, maybe the moment is a moment, or maybe it's a year or two years. But when I reflect back on it and I remember that LaSalle, those are some real guys over there. I want to do business there or Pareto or advisor protocol. Thanks for saying that. That's meaningful. Yeah, no problem. That was, that was, uh, that was just, you know, that that's honestly how that process went. And, uh, you know, here we are, you know, two and a half years later and we're recording a podcast together. So, um, uh, I, I appreciate your ease of, uh, it, it was easy. Even if you were driving a, in California and or getting disconnected, it, it was still easy to get back with you and, and continue the conversation. But it, it was a real relationship, which, uh, which was being formed. That, that's, that's, if we don't have that in this industry, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what, you know, what we would have then. So, um, so thank you for that as well. So, and thanks for your time today. Absolutely. It's a privilege guys. All right. Awesome. Well, um, any listeners out there, any advisors interested in getting some real actionable practice management stuff from Steve, you can reach out to him on his websites. We'll have all of his information in the description of this episode below. Uh, this was a great episode. We really appreciated your time, Steve, and we're looking forward to continuing to further our relationship and um, you know, continuing to use stuff like this to help our advisors and other advisors out there in the field continue to further their relationships with their clients. So, Looking forward to being a part of it. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. As always, if you're an independent financial advisor out there looking to explore your options, we'd love to talk to you. You can reach me by email, z-a-k at lasallest.com. That's L-A-S-A-L-L-E-S-T dot com. Or you can call my cell phone anytime, 708-828-0050. My name is Zach Sandeman. Work in business development here at LaSalle Street Securities, and I would love to speak to any listeners out there interested in considering making a change. We'd love to connect you with Mark, our Chief Business Development Officer, who you also heard from in this episode. And we can talk about the future. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time here on LaSalle Street Live.